This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Today on CityCast Philly, it's the Friday News Roundup. We're talking about Mayor-elect Sherelle Parker's new hires, what city council passed before the winter break, and new Pennsylvania laws you should know for 2024. It's Friday, December 22nd. I'm Trini Nuri. And here's what Philly's talking about. Joining me this week is Stephen Caruso, Pennsylvania Capital Reporter at Spotlight PA. Welcome back, Stephen. Thanks for having me, Trey. Great to have you. And Sean Collins-Walsh, City Hall Reporter at the Philadelphia Inquirer. Welcome back to the show as well. Hi, thanks. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. And this is our last Friday News Roundup of the year. It's been a year. But today and this whole weekend, I know that a lot of people are going to be scrambling to find those last minute gift ideas. Last week on the show, we talked about, you know, maybe folks can give the gift of an experience for your loved one, something fun to do, which brings me to the icebreaker. This was an experience some travelers had last week. Definitely a funny moment on social media, but did you all see the bull running on the train tracks at Newark Penn Station? I did not see that, actually. No one saw it! (laughs) No. What? Yeah, there was this bull running on the tracks. His name is Ricardo. (laughs) I think there's a metaphor there somewhere. (laughs) And so I read this in the Philly mag. But New Jersey Transit is now selling six-inch plushies created in the likeness of Ricardo and, quote, the runaway bull galloping along the train tracks. And it's been reported that Ricardo now lives at an animal sanctuary. So Ricardo is safe. But how he got there, I'm still trying to figure that out. I'm glad he's okay. Yeah. Hope he made his train. So, so how long until SEPTA maybe tries to reverse engineer this to solve their funding gap? That's my real question. Is like someone going to go down to the BSL and see like a peacock, you know, like maybe a whole swarm of them wandering around and, and then funding solved to sell the plushies? They're like, dang, why didn't we think of this? Right. You know what? And that is very, very smart, Stephen, because the author of this article, Patrick Rappa, I hope I'm saying your name correctly. He actually created a list of things that SEPTA could do. And here are some of the ideas. Carolyn, the Trap City Subway Pigeon. Solid, solid. Naughty, the West Philly Rat King. <laughs> Logan, the Token, for nostalgic reasons, like we used to have tokens to yeah, take yeah. The, the subway and the buses. Okay. Swipes for the key card. Well, also RIP. <laughs> This one, um, Shruggy, the bus driver who lets you ride for free despite insufficient funds. Okay, that's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Patrick over at Philly Mag, way, way to have a great list. It was just so random. Like, I don't even understand how this bull got there, but yeah. 
Jersey, baby. All right. Let's get into some of the news of the week. Mayor-elect Sherelle Parker selected her top three administration hires. Sean, can you tell us who she selected? Sure. So Parker made this highly anticipated announcement for the three people she's calling them her big three who will be uh, at the top of her administration. And two of them are the people who are most important to her campaign. That's Aaron Platt and Sari Harris. They were her top campaign aides this year when she won this historic mayor's race to become the first female mayor. Um, so they're both going to have the title of chief deputy mayor. Harris will be chief deputy mayor for intergovernmental affairs, sustainability, and engagement. And Platt will be chief deputy mayor for planning and strategic initiatives. And then the third person in the big three was not a part of the campaign, but has been a staffer to Parker years ago when she was in the state house. And her name is Tiffany Thurman. And most recently, she was a vice president with the Greater Philadelphia YMCA. And she also was a chief of staff in the Parks and Rec Department during Mayor Jim Kenney's first term. Now, with Harris, did she leave a job from the White House to join Parker's staff? That's right. She has um, this uh, kind of incredible leap of faith that she took late last year. She had previously been the executive director of the Pennsylvania Democratic Party, and that led her to be close with the 2020 Biden campaign in Pennsylvania. And then she went to D.C. with the Biden administration, and she was in the White House, like just like the West Wing, the TV show, um, at the time that she decided to leave all that, leave the dream job. and To come back home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's from Philly to come back home and, and manage Parker's campaign. Wow. Was picking three top people an unusual move for a mayor-elect during their transition? It was. And every mayor um, sort of sets up the top of their administration differently. Uh, and this is a new one. And Parker acknowledged that. She says, no one like me has ever been elected mayor. And so I'm not going to, you know, do it like anybody else did it before me. And so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, they're saying the benefit is that power won't be vested in just one person who has the ear of the mayor and that there will be a greater diversity of thought. Um, and then obviously you can imagine a pitfall in which there's a power struggle. If, you know, three people are running the show, then maybe no one's running the show. So, you know, City Hall observers are curious to see how this is going to play out. Interesting. And Parker was referencing that um, it's unusual because she is the first black female mayor elect um, that we have in the city. And this is just a reminder. Parker will officially become mayor on New Year's Day, January 1st, and she'll be sworn in at a ceremony at City Council January 2nd. That's correct. We're going to take a quick break. More from the Friday News Roundup when we come back. This is CityCast Philly. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. All right, Sean, let's talk about Philadelphia City Council. I want to talk about some bills they recently passed that Philadelphians need to be aware of for 2024. I want to start with that 15 cent fee 
for paper bags at retail stores. That's right. You might remember a couple years ago, city council passed a ban on plastic bags. If you don't remember that happening, I'm sure you've noticed that it's happened. I remember and I was shocked. <laughs> I was like, I forgot the bags in the car. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that took some getting used to. So this is a further incentive not to forget the bags in the car, basically. When Mark Squilla, the council member who proposed all this, drafted the initial proposal that led to the plastic bag ban, he had included also a fee on paper bags. But that was removed through a compromise during negotiations. But the idea is basically if you ban plastic bags, then stores are going to start giving out paper bags more than they used to, which is also not great for the environment. And so he said, fine, we'll take it out of the bill originally. We'll wait a year or so, look at the data. And if single-use paper bag usage has gone up, then we will come back to that idea about the fee. So in council's last session of the year, they passed a 15-cent fee on paper bags And so now no plastic bags and it costs a little bit of money to use a paper bag. So make sure you bring your reusable bags. Let's talk about some other highlights. There's new protections for subcontracted building services workers. Tell us about that. Sure. So this one's a little bit complicated, but it mattered a great deal to the chambers of commerce in town, the business community, and on the other side to the union that represents people who work in building services. And that can mean the security person at your building. That can mean the cleaners at an office building, people like that. And that union is called SEIU, Service Employees International Union. Um, So basically, council member Jimmy Harity wanted to expand upon protections for those type of workers that were adopted during the pandemic. So during the pandemic, council made sure that those people couldn't be fired from their job just because the contractor changed. And this is a little bit complicated, but they're employed by a company that is in turn hired by the property owners. So there's a couple layers there. So that's why they're called subcontractors. And so if the contractor changes, the previous bill protected the workers from getting fired and letting new people come in. And this goes one step further. And the main point of this bill is if the building gets sold, if the building changes hands, making sure that those people who used to work in that building basically have the first right of refusal to take any service jobs that open up there. So that's what Councilman Harity wanted to do. Gotcha. Now, this one I thought was really interesting. The city will need to create dedicated lactation spaces for city workers, right? That's right. Uh, my colleague at the Inquirer, Lizzie mcclellan Revich, has been reporting on this. And council, also in this very busy final meeting of the year, required the city to create spaces in city offices for lactation for city employees. That's great. Sean, I have a civics question here. There was no veto for some of these bills passed. The bill did not get signed by our current mayor, Jim Kenney, but it automatically just becomes law. Why is that? So the deal is that the mayor has three options once a bill passes. He, in this case, Jim Kenney, can sign it into law. He can veto it, in which case it goes back to council. And he can refuse to sign it, basically. And if that happens, after 10 days, it becomes law without his signature. And basically, that just sends a message that he doesn't support it. He doesn't want his name on it. It's where the council will override his veto. 
Or it could be that he just doesn't want to take ownership of this, but he'll allow it to become law. Got you. So in this case, counsel in his last session did not hear back from the mayor, basically, about two controversial proposals that were adopted in a previous council session. One is the ban on ski masks in public spaces by council member Anthony Phillips, which was a public safety measure, according to Phillips. And then the other one is outgoing council president Daryl Clark's bill to have the city provide legal defenses for community organizations that get in fights with developers, basically. So those were hotly debated issues. It seems like Kenny wasn't a fan of them, but he also didn't veto them. So they're going to become law without his signature. Stephen, lots of new things happening in Harrisburg this year. Uh, Pennsylvania, we got a new governor, Governor Josh Shapiro. We also saw a historic win in the House of Representatives, naming state rep Joanna McClinton as the first black female speaker. Any other major things stand out for you? Other than those two things, it's been a year of a lot of inaction, a lot of partisan fights, and a lot of stumbling uh, towards deals at the last minute in Harrisburg. We, as you mentioned, the House is now under Democratic control for the first time in about 12 years. Uh, That's a one-vote Democratic majority. The Senate, though, is still Republican. So watching House uh, Democrats and Senate Republicans try to come to deals has been, it's taken them some time. So they've been at loggerheads for a while, and we really saw this in June uh, when there was supposed to be a budget deal that uh, Senate Republicans said the governor, Josh Barrett, agreed to. That included $100 million for private school scholarships paid for with taxpayer money. But House Democrats refused to go along with it. Governor Josh Shapiro said he actually didn't agree with it. He ended up vetoing that small line item, which is only a fraction of the $45.5 billion budget. But that blew everything up. It took months for them to even get that budget bill signed. But they still held off on a handful of things that took until last week to be resolved. But looking at to, to this last week, they actually got a lot of stuff done. That voucher debate led to a big blow up that took the months to come around to. It led to less uh, money not going to libraries, not going to community colleges, nonprofits, all of whom had some harm. They took out debt. They let go of staff. They cut services. But it, last week, they solved everything, more or less. They finished off the budget by passing a few important pieces of legislation that authorized spending, gave money to community colleges. There are also some wins for both sides. House Democrats agreed to expand scholarships, uh, a scholarship tax credit, rather than vouchers themselves, that if you as a private individual donate to a private school and say, I want this money to go to bringing kids into your school, you can take a tax write-off. That's a big priority for Republicans. Uh, and then Democrats got out of that a tripling of the state's child care tax credits. So that's money that you can take off of your personal taxes for paying for child care. And also Pennsylvania's Medicaid will now cover dental care. Previously, it only basically covered like root canals uh, and, and like care for you're in deep pain. I need this tooth out of my head. Right <laughs> now, it actually will cover like, oh, like a, a normal exam. Uh, and that's that was those are all things championed by Democrats that I think they're pretty happy with. I like the descriptions of, of de- dentistry. <laughs> um, now that we've got 2024 approaching, I want to talk about Governor Shapiro uh, just signing a lot of new laws that involve criminal justice. Can you tell us about some of those uh, that we should be looking for next year? Yeah. So 
as I mentioned, you know, there has to be compromise. And Senate Republicans kind of made clear, we want to pass some more tough on crime bills. So some of the new ones are, uh, there's going to now be enhanced penalties if you steal packages off of someone's stoop. Uh, that's something that already would be a crime. Yeah, it's porch pirates. Yeah, yeah, porch pirates. Uh, look, already, already a crime, but enhanced penalties. Also one for organized retail theft. Uh, you know, I think it was one of those phrases that was thrown around this year. I'll be honest, I'm not even entirely sure what that's supposed to mean or what that's supposed to accomplish. But, you know, the goal was just add this extra crime in the book, which Pennsylvania has done repeatedly. This is something we see in Harrisburg a lot. Uh, and then I think even more importantly for Philadelphians, there's going to be potentially a new law enforcement official in town. Um, Governor Josh Shapiro signed a bill that will allow the attorney general to appoint a special prosecutor for a crime on SEPTA. And it's only within Philadelphia. This is something that Senate Republicans have also been talking about for about a year or so. It was opposed by House Democrats, but it passed. Did you say that this is a new prosecutor only for crimes on SEPTA? Yeah, it's supposed to be only related to crimes on public transit, mass transit. And basically, it's up to Attorney General Michelle Henry to appoint this new prosecutor. The Attorney General's office has said they're reviewing the law to see if it's if you can actually do this. Yeah, or... and the reach of it too. Like I would just say, there's a lot of uncertainty about this. You know, what happens next is sort of an open question. But the Senate Democratic Caucus and analysis of the bill thought that this special prosecutor's authority could expand within 500 feet of like any SEPTA facility. Uh, you know, just look around the city. All of a sudden, there's a lot of turf that's going to be covered by this special prosecutor to, to go after crime. And that, that will be a big change. But I would say just keep a lookout for that because a lot of questions on how that will be implemented. And District Attorney Larry Krasner opposes this measure for sure. I think it is so new. It's hard to know, like, how far is this going to go? Uh, and I think that's what concerned a lot of people. Got it. So, Stephen, those were some tough on crime law updates were there also some changes to reform the criminal justice system? I would say so. Basically, Pennsylvania has had on the books since 2018 a law known as Clean Slate, which is uh, would seal people's records, criminal records, uh, after I believe it was about 10 years. They committed no other crimes from when they were sentenced to, to that point. And it was had bipartisan support, uh, Democrats who support giving people second chances, and, and business leaders also like it. So this was Clean Slate 2, uh, championed by Jordan Harris, a Philadelphia Democrat, that it extends this automatic expungement eligibility to certain nonviolent felony offenses and also shortens the waiting period for misdemeanor and summary offenses. So that will mean more people will get access to it. Stephen, any other laws stand out for you? Yeah, there's also probation reform. This has been pushed for a while in Pennsylvania. Our uh, system was known for trapping people into cycles of getting out of jail, going on to probation, and then having a violation going back in. This was really highlighted by Philadelphia rapper Meek Mill, and his group, Reform Alliance, has been pushing for changes for a while. Now, this is a really complicated issue. I won't say I'm a criminal justice reporter, but there is also a lot of concerns from the ACLU, uh, from some grassroots criminal justice groups, that it fails to make meaningful improvements to the system that there still will be some instances where the court could step in and make things worse for someone who had a minor violation. But the main thing is that this got something done on this topic that people have been trying to fix for a very long time. Uh, and as they talk about Harrisburg, sometimes you just have to take what you can get and move on. Half loaf's better than the whole loaf. 
lots of things happening in Harrisburg. That was Stephen Caruso, Pennsylvania Capitol reporter at Spotlight PA, and Sean Collins-Walsh, City Hall reporter at the Philadelphia Inquirer. Thank you both so much for joining me on CityCast Philly. Thank you. Thank you. It's time for the tip of the week, where we share a life hack for living in Philly. While some of us are celebrating this holiday season, the Philadelphia Fire Department wants us to remember a few safety tips, like don't overload electrical outlets with multiple plugs or extension cords. Always keep candles 12 inches away from anything that can burn. And don't forget to turn off those electric decorations before you go to bed, too. Check out the other tips that they have by clicking the link in our show notes. If you have a tip of the week, we'd love to hear from you, too. Call or text us at 215-259-8170. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. Our executive producer is Laura Benchoff. Our producers are Abby Fritz, Elizabeth Kama, Dylan Brogan, and Noah Snyderman. Our Hey Philly newsletter editors are Joel Wolfram and Adrian Gonzalez. Our host is me, Trinae Nuri. Music is by Philly's own Interminable, with additional music from All the Kimonos and James Weldon. If you enjoyed this week of episodes, tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Philly. We'll be back Tuesday morning because we're observing Christmas. Have a great holiday and be safe, y'all. Bye. Bye.